So, what is it? So, what is it? So, what is it? The Red Wolf Podcast! Hello, 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 and hello. This is, so what is it, a Red Dwarf podcast. Here we are on Series 5, Episode 2, Inquisitor. Here I am, Matthew, with my good fellow podcasters, Dan, Matt, and Matty. Say hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. Hello, fellas. Right, um, okay, Inquisitor, after a great start last week, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm wondering... How we felt about this week. I wonder if we're going to be in line with how I feel. I've just edited White Hole this, you know, from Series 4, where we were all in agreement, <laughs> apart from one person who was wrong. Um, we were fairly online, but how are we this week? Matty, Inquisitor, I'm going to you. Matty, Matty. Oh God! I'm just, prob- justify your opinion. Oh, God, I'm probably not the best person to start on because I wasn't overly crazy Never. about this one. Well, to, to be honest, Matty, I'm going to come and say this This for me is probably the worst episode there has been since mm, somewhere in series one. Oh, okay. <laughs> then, then, we're, then we're in full-on agreement then because, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I felt? I'm trying to oh, – the thing is I actually forgot what the name of the episode is, but there was it was the – what was the one with the, um, the, the Terminator Mickey Take monster thing? Oh, Last Day. Last, last day. day, yeah. I felt like this was Last Day Take Two. It was so yeah, similar. similar it, theme. it was so similar. It was almost the storyline, the the way the lines were. It was almost like they just did it again with a different person and altered a couple lines. It was quite strange. well. There's definitely stuff to, stuff to get into there. Let's just quickly go to the other guys um, and see how they felt about it. So are, are they with us in the sense of it? Maybe it wasn't the best one ever, Matt. You're not allowed to say that. Yes, I know. But this is <laughs> I'm I'm talking in the sense of. This is actively not the best one ever, rather than it's a, a good, solid, normal episode. Okay, I can see where you're coming from. What what does one say after what you, after you two? I actually thought it was all right. I didn't think it, it was brilliant. And um, it was weaker than the storylines have been of late. There were things that were, that were really funny and things that didn't really work. Mm. Dan? Well, it wasn't as bad as all that. It was... <laughs> It was okay. It was not a, not. It wasn't a bad episode, but it wasn't as strong as a lot that we've seen. There were some bits in it. Again, we're still in the, that series that I remember really, really well from from when I was younger. And so there were some lines in this and some moments in this that I remembered really fondly. And I remembered them, and they and they lived up to that. But is is this got lots of contenders to break into my top five? This or top ten? That probably not. Nope. But there were some nice. There were some nice bits. I think that was my problem. I, th- I, when I sat up, talked about it with Becky afterwards. I think that's the big thing. Yeah, there was good stuff in there, of course. I mean, I'm I'm going over the top a little bit. But um, there just wasn't any of those moments. You think, yeah, that was a great moment. You know, most episodes for the however many series now have had a, yeah, that was a great moment. You know, whether it was a top five or not. And I don't think this one had that. That I think that's what disappointed me. It had some nice lines. It, of course, it did. We'll, we'll yeah. go over a couple in a second. But for me, yeah, it lacked that that highlight. It lacked a highlight to the episode. Mm. I think that's why I felt possibly it wasn't quite up there. But anyway, so let, let's let's talk about some of those funny lines. We'll we'll go around in the same order, shall we? 
Matty, give give us a give us a uh, a good line you enjoyed. I mean, um, you may be able to guess what my favourite line was on this one, but it was definitely the hand in a bucket of compost line made me, <laughs> made me laugh. That was a good one. I like that. Fiona Barrington, 15 years of age. You got offered in your dad's greenhouse. You thought you got lucky, but it turned out all the time that you had your hand in warm compost. It was a nice addition to uh, Rimmer's canon of failures with, it really with girls. It really it? was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good line. Yeah, Matt. Well, all I can say is with what Matty just said, poor Fiona Barrington. (laughs) She got away with it. She got away with it. It's fine. Indeed. I did find it a a struggle for um, what I thought was my um, favourite line. Um, I think my favourite line is probably um, instead of um, beware of Greeks bearing gifts, Beware of Trojans, they're complete smegheads. <laughs> and um, Lister did throw major shade on the whole kind of the Trojan horse kind of story. I mean, that was a and, good scene. Um, I think that was a good scene. Actually. It was. I'm, I'm not, yes. not quite a, a major highlight, but equivalent to some good starts to episodes. It was a nice beginning, wasn't it, really? Yeah, what, what is wrong with a couple of pa- hundred pairs of socks and some aftershave, quite frankly? <laughs> Dan, you love this episode. You must have loads of stuff. Excellent. Okay. Well, in its in its valiant defence, you know what I thought? I thought Crichton had some good lines, and my favourites were mostly Crichton lines. One of my favourites actually was an interaction. I thought he's he's we know he's broken his programming. It's germane to the to the story a little bit, but obviously most of the time he's picking on Rimmer. One of my favourites was Lister turning round saying, "No, for the first time in my life, I'm going to use my brains." To which he said. Given the circumstances, sir, are you, are you sure that's really wise? He's he's now becoming an equal opportunities uh, mocker of the uh, fools around him, and he's undoubtedly surrounded mm. by fools. Mm, no, you're yeah, right. He's not he, shy about smacking people around the face with a you know <laughs> with a, with a gauntlet and saying that they're a sick, sick person. <laughs> Another good bit. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. He he is needling people a little bit more at times, isn't he? Including Cat last week and Lister this week. Well, I'm going to go for a Rimmer line then. A simple yes would have sufficed. <laughs> you know, the... <laughs> <laughs> which is which is sort of playing on the fact that Crichton is explaining an awful lot all the time now, isn't he? And that's one of the notes we've been looking at going forward is how much. And he's got a couple here. He knows about the quick. Inquisitor only in legend. Now, why is it he knows about it in legend, but the others don't? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Of course. What is this thing around us? Well, best guess is some kind of time field. Yeah. And again, his best guess was eerily, yeah. eerily yeah. correct. It's very bizarre, you know, though. In, in that scene, even Ollie, Holly turned round and said, "You know, to look to him, say, oh, well, you'll know, won't you? You're a, you're a, yeah. you're a droid about now, and you've 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 seen the you've seen the universe." It's very bizarre that Matty made the comparison with the the Terminator, I think, the uh, Hudson Doodah, that the guy that was actually playing the Inquisitor, Jack Doherty, he of the Channel 5 talk show in the 90s, was also a cast member of absolutely the same as Gordon Kennedy, who played Hudson, 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 Hudson. Yeah, they're drawing from the same pool of people. Yes, same pool of people, so... There you go. Little fact for me. There you go. But yeah, Matty, I, I suppose, I, I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, I suppose it's coming under that banner of here's the uh, antagonist of the week and this one's a simulant. We had a simulant injustice, didn't we, last mm-hmm. season? We've had last day. So so it does fall into the, the simulant mould of things. 
yeah but the, the theme i mean it's, it's it's a nice idea isn't it erasing people and replacing it with the sperms that never made it uh, the idea is good i've got down it's a very doctor who type episode in the sense of the timey wimey type stuff and things being erased and changing the timelines and um it's that sort of thing that would have been done later uh with things like doctor who i suppose so so yeah mm. um sort of I'm, words have gone out of my head sort of like idea wise i thought it was a, uh, it was uh adequate <laughs> i don't think it was exact i don't think it was, it was exactly like that i think you know there was um there were some kind of you know quite major differences and, and the actual concept i would i would agree with you and said that it you know i think that it was it was an adequately entertaining um concept i think it because we've been we're watching the episodes back to back it's where whereas obviously this would be two seasons two series later than than the, the one that yeah. we were yeah the last day but, that yeah. is makes things look a bit more obvious whereas the last day was in 1989 and this is actually in 1992 i believe so if you look at it like that then the viewer may not have that same level of oh hang on this feels very similar to something that we've watched only a few weeks ago yeah but i think in the last day the, the difference is we had the, the premise allowed the the uh, the last dinner with Crichton and all that stuff and the relaxing didn't it and and that type of scene whereas this was actually more action based for want of a better way to describe it and um and so a lot of the lines were th- not thrown out but there were there was less time for funny stuff because of, of the 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 plot that needed to move on as they were being chased around I, i'm just trying to make you feel better sir well shut up then <laughs> dan what did you make of the concept dan I, look, I, I, I like the concept. I th- again, I've seen it a, a, a number of times, so it wasn't new to me. It does feel familiar to not just Last Day, but I think there's a few um, episodes where the idea of being able to defend your own existence on your own terms, you know, Lister's has touched on that in the past. You know, I mean, Crichton's entire defence of Rimmer when he was uh, accused of, of murder was, was, was a little bit... It's about your perception of yourself and, and, and what's real. Lister turns around to the Inquisitor and Rumour has a go at sort of saying, well, what gives you the right? But then he's a, a quivering coward, as usual, sort of, sir. Lister's response is spin on it as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a concept for this this simulant. And on that, I'd just say, you know, they've created a, a class of being in their, in that universe. A simulant is a thing. And so they bump into them every now and again. I'm not worried about that, but although they do all seem to be mad, we've experienced that so far, and homicidal. But I, I, like, I like the concept. I just, yeah, like you, they were they spent a bit of time running around, which meant that they couldn't do some of those setups. You think about some of the jokes that we've really, really enjoyed, where they sort of build up a conversation in a room, and they're, they're doing something, mm-hmm. and, talking, and they didn't have much opportunity to do that. No, we had that for the first 10 minutes, I think, and, and they, that was sort of quite nice. But I mean, it was it was a it was a good idea with facing yourself, and there's a couple of good jokes in there. Yeah. And the, the cat, it was a nice moment from the cat, wasn't yeah. it? I, I've given pleasure to the world because I have such a beautiful ass. You know, yeah. <laughs> that was very and that's cool. it. That's his defence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, better than Lister's defence. <laughs> well, there was a very, very, very profound moment though with uh, Lister saying, you know, who's to say what or who is worthwhile. The fact that, that everybody judges themselves 
you know, everybody was judging themselves. It does, I suppose, it brings the concept of everyone is their own worst critic. And, yes, exactly. You know, introspective reflection upon, you know, yourselves. If only someone had mentioned this before. <laughs> <laughs> no matter, I, I don't think we got round to you. Did you like any anything about that concept, judging yourself, that um, being replaced, living a worthwhile life? I mean, there's there's meat to talk about there, isn't there? Definitely. I think it's definitely a sort of a valid idea. It's a valid concept, really, if you think about it. Yeah, we are all our, we are our worst our own worst enemies. It was it was funny, but it was also quite if you really thought about it, it was quite deep because especially it was when it was Lister and he sort of says, get out of this one then, Smeghead, because he knows him so well. The only person who really can call him out more than anyone else, more than Rimmer or anyone, would be Lister himself. Well, get out of this one, Smeghead. No, and that was good. But I think that the problem comes and, and we talk over and over about it, it just being a sitcom and blah, 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 and don't worry about it too much. But I think there are a lot of things that were slightly flawed about the idea and the execution for me rimmer is not aside from him already being dead um you know would he be replaced with another hologram the fact that he got away with it i mean why on earth rimmer would get away with it doesn't seem quite right um the cat's not not even human it didn't specifically say that the inquisitor goes after humans but why is he judging cats um, does he go back and judge all the other cats through time that have been, you know, <laughs> thing? But why is he judging Crichton? He, I mean, he, they use the word souls as much as we may disagree about what that concept means. Sort of like, well, he's an android for a start, so why is he being judged? And the fact is Lister created all the cats in the first place. So, I mean, so he has been worthwhile in that sense. He's done a lot of good, hasn't he? But, you know... It just it just seemed to be yeah it's they're doing stuff to create a few laughs blah 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 but but yeah concept wise it was all a, all a little bit uh, messed up possibly the way we sit and watch it and think about it but maybe that's just overthinking it. Mm. Someone jump in and save me. <laughs> I, I liked the interrogation of themselves and clearly very abridged but it was it was you saw a nice bit of the characters. And their approach to doing it, you know, Rimmer, first of all, you know, he attempts to bluff himself, which clearly won't work, but he perseveres for a good while trying to commit, well, I, I did good things. No, he didn't. You know, he just, you know, oh, Smeg indeed, matey. Um, that that was good. Cat really only had one line of defence, which I thought he, you know, That's clearly, the best defense. <laughs> yeah. clearly, clearly effective. Lister basically had no time for it at all. Crichton, as much as he said, well, I clearly have no defence, actually gave the best defence out of all of them and challenged the very validity of it in a way that neither Lister, who felt that, and Rimmer, who probably wished that the, the concept was invalid, really ever managed. And yet, obviously, he lost because he was to be deleted. I mean, it's a powerful simulant, isn't it? A time-travelling, altering, mind-reading simulant. Well, he did he live to the end of the universe and he was able to glean yeah. a few gems of knowledge obviously in that time T totally totally but yeah I, I, another problem I, I thought um when i was talking a second ago um is that so you live a worthless life lister so i'm going to replace you and you end up with an alternative lister who's basically exactly the same yeah exactly so, it's very true so, isn't it? what's the point <laughs> it was just the i recognized him though gonna be much difference was there but the, the fact that in character wise 
he was exactly the same. What's the point in giving someone else a chance to live a worthwhile life if they're going to do exactly the same thing? So it seemed, it seemed a little bit, and the same with Crichton as well. So it was just another mechanized that the same Lister had rescued with a slightly different face. I mean, so that that seemed a little bit of a wasted opportunity in, in that sense. Yeah, that actor's cropped up in quite a few bits and pieces over the years, isn't he? I have a feeling he was in a Brookside type thing, maybe. Yeah, he was in um he was in oh Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels as well, the film. Uh, so yeah, it's know just what, I don't know what his name is. But no, it's just stuff like that that's sort of like just, I'm sitting there watching it, maybe overthinking it, but oh well what was the point? <laughs> I mean at least the at least the guy in the opening scene in the prologue, interesting prologue. We don't often have a prologue, you know, it was better looking. Hey. I mean, this is what it's all about. <laughs> that I will, I, I will say, is kind of when I saw the prologue that that bit, I, I thought, oh yeah, that that's you know some, something new, something kind of different, and I thought, oh yeah, this is going to be a really good episode, and was a bit dis- you know I, I was a bit disappointed that it was didn't really live up to it. I, I mean, don't think we is... needed the prologue though. I mean, you know, we've got Crichton to give his best guess at everything, so the Inquisitor could have come in at any time, I suppose. It was uh, interesting they thought they needed to set up the idea. I liked it. Cool. Mm. That's good. Zap, pow, splat, die in bed, you Trojan pig dog, guinyard. <laughs> there was a massive bugbear for me in this episode, and that was the sound editing. Whoever did the oh. sound editing for this episode deserves to get shot. Oh dear, that's extreme. Harsh. Pourquoi? Because if you, the, the sound editing was, I can only, I can't help, because I do sound stuff, I can't help but think of the technical side of it all. And the sound editing was so bad that most of the time the sound effects and the conversation, the sound effects were louder than the talking, especially if you look at that last scene, that you could barely understand, or at least from my side, I could barely understand what was being said. There were a couple of moments that I found, for years, I don't think I ever really knew what the line was in that um, prologue. When it was a sorry sir, reality control, cue canned laughter because I don't know why that was particularly amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an odd <laughs> one. And then there was another one later on when it said, "I'll snap you like a dry, a dry what? What is it? You'll snap you <laughs> like a dry reed. reed. Well, yeah, reed. I know it is. I know it's reed now, but it was actually a little bit muddled. So we, yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, there was. I will agree with what you've just said as well, because there was a bit with uh, with Lister. It's when he says, "I'll beat you to death with the wet end," talk, talking about the the hand. Shoot up! Beat you to death with the wet end. Oh. And um, I had to rewind it and watch it again three yeah. times, and then eventually I put the subtitles on because I didn't know what he said. Yeah, but um, there was another. There's a video bit that has always annoyed me. God, we're we're slamming into this one, aren't we? Um, when he kicks the severed hand of the Inquisitor down the hallway, it clearly doesn't reach them. <laughs> and then he bends down and picks it up. And it's sort of like, oh, that's a bit bit of a naff edit there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, Red Dwarf, I love you. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> Dan, join us. Dan, join us on the dark side. You, you, you're going to get deleted with this kind of attitude. <laughs> It's it, it's weird, though, cause it, especially if you use a... Well, I don't know what sort of system they were using, but when you're talking like this, you have to speak really, really clearly. Otherwise, you just can't understand a word they're saying, and that was something that came across, which also leads me to... <laughs> so, the one thing I... So, the uh, actually, I, I say about... A Red like, Wolf podcast! <laughs> <laughs> So where did where did that come from? That what, where, did, where did, did 
that Red Dwarf podcast thing, where did that come from? My absolute boredom. That's where it came from. I actually have a reasoning as to why the sound editing was so bad as well, which is why I wanted to bring it up in the first place. So apparently the sets were mainly made out of plastic and balsa wood, which basically means the sound effects were not in any way realistic. Um, and it did sound like plastic and balsa wood, which is not realistic. So actually they had to retake everything just with the sound effects and react, get someone else to reenact those scenes but trying to make it sound as realistic as possible. And then they mixed that on top of the recording of what we see. And it was obviously done terribly. But that's why in particular this one's quite bad, was because, yeah, they had to go for a whole palaver because it sounded bad. I think they should have just left it there. Because if you actually listen, you can hear an echo. When they're running and walking, you can almost hear the steps and things twice. Because they've just yep. put the recording, the effects, over the top of what they had. They didn't take certain effects down. They just added one on top of the other. And you can really tell. Uh, some of it was uh, done in the, in the power station because you can tell with the, the the echo of when they're speaking and the kind of the metallic noise of when they're walking on the gantries and stuff. So I, I guess you're talking about the bits that were done in the studio mm. with uh, the, 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 the set and stuff like that. But there was a problem with the episode where they were all dubbed as well. That there was a similar sort of sound problem with that which um, was the kind of canned laughter coming the over the top of the... Uh, yes, yes, thank you, thank you. Um, I couldn't remember the name. I've slept since then. Yeah, yeah but It's one of those things that, I mean, I'm willing to forgive production errors to a point, I suppose, but I, I guess when there's an episode coming along and it's not tickling your funny bone in quite the same way, you start to think about these things a little bit more, perhaps, because they're never error-free, and that's, you know, they're, they're working as they're working, and, and they did a great job, and maybe because I was a little bit disappointed that's that's why I'm thinking about it so I'm going to come in with a positive I'm going to give one of my favorite lines of the episodes and it comes from Holly (laughs) wow yay yes Holly was in this episode yes she was she She had quite a few more lines than of late it's just because I haven't written any symphonies or painted the Sistine Chapel that makes me prunable no, being a totally worthless, unwashed space bum, that's what makes you crazy. <laughs> so she's piling in as well. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're, um, <laughs> they're turning on each other, aren't they? So I, I did enjoy that, so I'm glad she's there. No, I mean, yeah, she's still in it as much as ever, but at least she had a good a good line there. Right, we need to we need to lift we need to lift this a little bit. I mean, there's there's people out there going, Oh, the Inquisitor, that's my favourite episode. So give us something else good, Dan. You love this episode. I, there were a lot of crying lines that I really enjoyed, you know, and not necessarily laugh out loud. I just particularly, you know, enjoyed the way that he did them. You know, he, he turned, you know, right at, towards the end, there's quite a little bit of interplay, which, you know, he turns around and says, oh, all in all today has been a bit of a bummer, hasn't it, sir? You know, which it, just the way that he just just the way that he says it. But I think one of my one of my favorites was um, it, it, when uh, he, he works out how Lister's opened the door and uh, and and. If mechanoids could barf, I'd be on my fifth bag by now. <laughs> yeah. You've got it in your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're a cheating Weasley lowlife scumbag with all the charm and social grace of a pubic louse. <laughs> it's, a re- it's a really good insult. But I do have to rewind a bit, and this is not a bad thing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, spin on it. You know, I'm actually doing the hand gesture as well. That evokes so many memories because it's not a it's not a sort of insult that's really used anymore. But I can remember telling lots of people to go spin on it. Yeah, spin you know, on it. Um, you know, yeah. I was like, oh, 
the halcyon days of childhood swearing. <laughs> Saying that, though, I can't really get away with that because this episode was actually shown on my 18th birthday. You're joking. Oh, wow. Was, oh, yes, it was. It was on the day of my 18th birthday, so I wouldn't have watched it because I was far, far too drunk. So we watched the colourised version then, not the original, is that what you're saying? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry. So, can it. I just order a saucer of milk for Dan? <laughs> we had a we had a good cat um, nostril insult. I hate to say it, but for once, Trans Am wheel arch nostrils is right. Oh, that's a good one in in the pantheon of cat insults. <laughs> I'm, I wrote I'm that gonna... down. I wrote that down, but for some reason, I thought that you wouldn't like that. I don't know why. I just yeah, because maybe we're going back to the spin my nipple nuts are seven to Alaska fiasco when they uh-huh. repeated the efforts. Uh, you know, it's that discussion, wasn't it? When does it work again? And when doesn't it work again? Um, and this was fine. I enjoyed that. One. I finally remembered what the you know spin my nipple nuts and stuff that reminded me of. It was actually Len Goodman from Strictly Come Dancing saying. Pick my walnuts, spat my ass and call me Mary and stuff like that, you know, and, which I probably think is more about, you know, says well, more about his massive massive red door. Tweet him. Mm. He can start, start listening to the podcast. Well, uh, well, there's definitely, if we're, if we're trying to pick uh, good moments out, then I've got, I think um, Crichton had quite a nice moment where he was having sort of the conversation with the Inquisitor himself saying, mm. you know, you know, who are we to judge them? It was quite nice. Yeah, and then and obviously then the the, um, the Inquisitor points out that he's broken his programming, and I guess obviously the simulant has as as, as well. Um, but no, I agree with you. I think that was you know Crichton. I think put in a put in a good turn actually. As much Dead. as he was he, uh, he was more than happy to pick on his his crewmates. Actually, um, he he would clearly lay down his life for them, mm. um, which is uh, as we've discussed why the series four thousand was voted best mechanized five years in a row. I actually have to say that I was I was on a bit of a wavelength with the program um, because something was said that, that reaffirmed what I wrote down. Um, uh, when Crichton and Lister are first chained together, I wrote the Defiant Ones. And then it says later, Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier. Because yeah. I, rem- I remember seeing that film on several occasions and thought, ooh. Yes, that reminded me of something. So I was quite pleased with myself with that. Well, I feel as though a lot of their writing, a lot of their writing comes from. Oh, I like this film. Let's do something based around that, doesn't it? We've had Casablanca. <laughs> we've we had the film thing last yes. week. You know, we do, we do have that sort of uh, thematic stuff going through from time to time. Uh, Ishtar. <laughs> Interesting yeah. in this alternative universe that um, uh, Cat and Rimmer appear to be friendly. I mean, in what alternative? I mean, how how much impact have Lister and and uh, and Crichton had on on the reality that we know that um, Rimmer and Cat are quite buddy buddy when they uh, when they catch up to our Lister and Crichton? Well, it was uh, yeah, strange that they were true. together. I don't think they were friendly. It was just the situation they were in, you know. But uh, I mean, that did lead to a good good part, though. If you know me, I'm the rough and tumble, hardened astro ex marine type of a guy. <laughs> <laughs> It led into the Fiona Barrington uh, joke. Mm. I did. I liked. I like Cat's tartan suit. It kind of reminded me like something a Doctor Who might have. A Doctor Who would have might have worn back in the day. Mm, I just thought, yes, I, I do. I do like. Did like that. Yeah, Cat I, I, didn't have a great 
deal of you know funny lines. I think we've said the couple that he uh, he did, which was a shame. Wait, we've got you know, we've got the uh, we've read your st- entry in. Who's nobody? <laughs> okay. Yeah, true. <laughs> we still love Red Dwarf. The fact that there is a sort of um, an episode that we haven't loved as much helps with kind of the light and shade of things, and it will also really help when we're doing the ranking for the series as well. <laughs> <laughs> I can already tell you what my bottom one will be. I mean, yeah, I was going to say the same there. It, well, it's only two it's, episodes, so... It's locked in. It's locked in. I'll, I'll okay. have to be the Matty for this series, will I? And just, you know, put it second just to... Just to... <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought, so, I thought someone said that there's no bad episodes from now on, so obviously, you know, lying there. Yes, well, lying yeah, that was te- tempting fate, as, as we've been warned to not do. Mm. Now I must I must admit this this was as I watched it a little bit more disappointing than what I remembered I have to say I, I wasn't particularly uh, relishing getting to this one it wasn't in my mind I said, oh yeah that's one of the greats I can't wait to see but at the same time it was a little bit more disappointing for me but there you go them's the breaks I think it still right. wasn't bad though it still it wasn't crap you know it's... no but when you get such greats as White Hole for example. <laughs> Um, or, or meltdown, uh, then <laughs> you know, it's no queeg. It was no queeg. Oh, oh dear. dear. But conceptually, I mean, at, at the end, in, you know, the Inquisitor being erased. So he had been doing good work, according to him, across the sands of time. You know, uh, I wonder how that would have affected everyone on red dwarf in past series and now the inquisitor is gone it could have changed time irrevocably couldn't it really um because if they'd got round to people on red dwarf before then lister may not have you know been put into stasis and you know who knows how what timeline we're looking at now you know what was changed before by the inquisitor why have i've I got blank places in front of me I, 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 <laughs> mate, I, I, it's an interesting question but i, I think there is a danger of you overthinking a 25-minute BBC comedy from the early 90s. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I was imagining that film Scanners where that bloke's head explodes. I was thinking, he's going to, you know, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, overthinking things and then, you know. We just, just met your front room very messy. And you wouldn't know that things had changed. We, we as, a, as an observer, would know that something had changed, potentially. But, our, you know, the, the, the other lister and the other... Crichton were still on a red dwarf that had suffered. Um, they were they were cat- on a red dwarf that now had handprint door openers where they've never had them before. So that that's what the Inquisitor's yeah, done. Stuff had changed. He's improved security. <laughs> well, maybe they improved it after a near miss, but fundamentally, it is three million years in the future because cat has evolved as a race. Yes. So. Yes, true. Just, yes, with the handprint, whatnot. But um, well, look. I mean, if it if there's lots of if they were writing this and they thought, oh, well, that's a good idea. We haven't got time for it. You never know. We may see it again. The concepts. Hopefully, not the Inquisitor. But we can't see the Inquisitor again. But not in, time is linear. But I think that's technically, not... te- technically, because this episode effectively everything has pretty pretty much gone back to how it was when it started. You can kind Do of they remember? also, I guess. Um, Lister and Crichton would, but really, I suppose, if it's just gone back to where it was before this episode started, then you could technically kind of remove this episode and kind of pop it away somewhere. <laughs> I've, I've, we could I've, do that with White Hole as well, yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I think we should, to be honest. But I think um, 
it, we're kind of it's almost like crossing a bit into the Marvel universe. Like the Inquisitor was the first Thanos. Yeah, yeah. If you think about what he's trying to do, and it's, it kind of had the same idea. The Inquisitor was the early Thanos. I think Thanos existed in the Marvel Universe already at this point in comic book form. <laughs> we really go. Maybe into that was it? maybe that was a subtle meta reference to the comic book Greek Trojan Wars. Um. <laughs> Did Marvel ever do anything with lift up flaps? <laughs> <Do you know? laughs> But uh, you say that, uh, but I, I wonder, there must be some sort of conspiracy because what is a line in it where he says, um, Chapel, Gusplat. Be, no, be, no. Beware, of, beware of Trojans, they're complete smegheads. I have to say that I was going to come, I was going to say something that annoys me, but I realized that actually it makes me sound exceptionally petty. But too late for that, it's too anyway. late for that, yeah, yeah. The same with last week's episode. There's no explanation as to why they're on Starbuck at the start. They haven't, you know, it's where have they been? You know, why aren't they on Red Dwarf looking after the mining ship Red Dwarf? Why aren't they looking after that? Why, where have they been? Yeah, and, the, and so it, th- th- that, and I just thought, well, why, why, why shouldn't they go out on Starbuck? You know, they're scavenging. I thought really we established this last week. Oh, I, I don't know. They don't do much scavenging. Yes. They, said, they said that, but maybe they're trying to do it more. Maybe they're, they're going out to find different supplies for things and, uh, at all the nearby planets that aren't that near because of meltdown when they had to go a long way away to get to anywhere worthwhile. God, there's continuities all over the place. Smoking <laughs> <laughs> up an appetite for the curry after. <laughs> no curry watching this one. No curry this yeah, week. No, no space no. core directives. So there, wasn't, no. there wasn't even a curry. See, this is how bad the episode was. <laughs> It's almost like it's been it's like a parallel universe one that's um not a parallel universe it's one that's come from a parallel universe that doesn't it's an imposter episode. No, I, it it was it was fine. It it, it was a, it was a laugh. I enjoyed watching it. It just didn't hit the heights and lacked any of those standout moments for me. Now I, I don't know about you, gents. But I mean, the stuff to talk about it does send us around a little bit in circles and down rabbit holes. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to 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 say now whether there's anything else in particular you want to mention about this episode before we do a final roundup and end today's shenanigans. So, uh, Dan, anything else you want to mention about today? No, I don't feel like we, we should be kicking it any further when it's down. I don't think it deserves the <laughs> evisceration that it's had. I, I, I speak up more in its defence, but I, I feel I should be shouted down. Um, right, here's my prediction. Right, come our ranking episode, you'll be putting this last. That's my prediction. <laughs> I think we all will. Bold. Bold prediction. It is bold. I can't remember how actually good next week's is. Okay, so Dan doesn't want to kick it anymore. Matty, any more any more kicking? I feel like if this episode was a person, it'd be on the floor crying, covered in bruises and scratches at this point. So I agree with Dan. I'm not gonna say anything else against it. Well what else could it expect what else could it expect? It's, you know, if its father was a half praise military failure and mother was a bitch queen from hell. Yeah. <laughs> then again, I, I have to sympathise. When I was younger, I did have an unmanage- unmanageable hair, and I have had a couple of, of uh, ingrown toenails as well. You know, now I'm just bald. <laughs> but I will say this: one last thing. One last thing. I don't like the preoccupation with the, keep calling Lister fat because he's not fat. Yes, weird, isn't it? With no yes, balls, it keeps it keeps cropping up, saying about you know he's fat and uh, it, he's not. And I've, I, I find that quite um, offence. 
he's probably the largest one of the crew, but no, he's not obese. By Especially anybody. this series, he's pretty slim. This series compared yeah. to any other mm. point, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so an interesting thing. I mean, talking of toenails, um, and going <laughs> on to last good points we want to mention. Then I did like the line trimming your toenails with an electric meat carver because uh, that that seemed to fit in with Lister's character quite nicely. Yeah, really. Well, I've got one more, but I'm going to go around. So, so, uh, so, Matt, give us one more thing then to, to lighten the end of the episode. I think I've actually said everything. Well, I shut up then. Said every... <laughs> well, you asked me. You shut no, up. A, that was a quote. <laughs> oh, okay. Laughing hilariously. Well done. Nice quote. Dad, I hope that wasn't your one you wanted to say. No, it wasn't. I, d- I just want to say, excuse me, could I just distract you for a brief moment? <laughs> we need distracting. Matty? Uh, no, I don't think there's anything else I could say now. Uh, well, I can only apologise to people who like this episode <laughs> and have previously enjoyed this podcast uh, for our positive outlook on life. <laughs> just oh, one of those days. Oh, gosh. Yes, there's no bad episode for quite a while after this one, I'd say. <laughs> quite a while. So, <laughs> what about a week <laughs> but okay guys um it's almost been fun again so <laughs> so we'll say we'll say cheerio for now so cheerio from me matthew cheerio from me matt cheerios from me matty uh, cheerio and high 15 from me dan <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, close the door and call me Mary. If you don't get four tens for that, I'm going to go home and pickle my walnuts. <laughs> yum, yum, pig's bum, that is fun. You dance like I cook, just chuck it all in and hope for the best. Spank me gently with a wet chamois.